So uh, we're preaching a series of sermons entitled More, and we're using a theme verse during this time. It's printed in your bulletin. I'd like you to read it uh, with me. It's from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And we're going to be coming back to this verse again and again over the next several weeks. Join me now as we read this scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. New pastor in town, knocking on the doors of his neighbors one Saturday morning to invite people to come to their church. And he came to this one house and he heard that there was somebody inside but they never came to the door. And so he took a little business card out and on the business card he wrote the scripture reference, Revelation 3, 20. Well, a few days later, he, at, uh, on the door of his house, he found this card that he had left. There was the scripture reference, but underneath it, somebody had printed another scripture reference. It was Genesis 3.10. So he ran in, he pulled out his Bible. Of course, the first scripture said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But Genesis 3.10 said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I am not much for knocking on doors. <laughs> And uh, sharing my faith in that way and handing out tracts and inviting people to church and all of that. I, I have always kind of been freaked out and, and offended by those who would come to the door and say, if you died tonight, are you sure that you would go to heaven? I have never liked that. And, and I've always struggled with, with Christian people who do, even though I know they have the best intentions. I can remember in Atlanta one time uh, looking out the door and here were coming some Christian missionaries and I was tired. It had been a long day. Sometimes I'll go out and I'll engage people. But on this particular day, they rang the doorbell and they rang the doorbell. Tom Magnet, he lay low. <laughs> and I was quiet as a mouse. And when they went away, oh, I was so relieved. You know, I've got, I've got an atheist friend who says, you know, Atheists don't go around trying to get other people to come to church. Why, why do you Christians do that? And that's a, that's a fair question. I think a lot of us would say, well, you know, the, the, the truth is that, that we're more comfortable not talking so much about our faith. We're truthful. What we like is, is living faithful lives. You live as Jesus taught you to live, and it communicates. I've had more than one per person say to me at the time of the funeral, you know, Pastor, you don't need to preach that person's funeral. They've already preached it by the way they've lived their lives. And, and we generally agree with that. I agree with that. Don't you? I mean, it makes a difference. And yet, think about this. What if no one had ever told you about Jesus Christ? What if nobody had ever told you about God's love for you as a broken and sinful person and about the help and hope that God has given us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus? What if no one had ever told you? You would not be here today. <clears throat> I mean, I am the person I am because people talked to me about their faith. 
my mom and dad, my church, the Sunday school teachers, the youth leaders, the pastor. I had friends who said, come and go with me to Christian events. And I'm convinced that I am where I am today. You are where you are today because somebody somewhere in your life has talked to you about Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus says we are to do. He commands us. He commands us. He says, go and tell. Go and tell. To, to the disciples in, in Matthew. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. Again, he says, go and tell. There's one of his parables where he says, go and invite. And then the passage we have for today. Go and make disciples. You know, in a way, um, why don't we talk about our faith? You know, when, when you're excited about something, I mean, don't you want to share it when, when you're excited? I mean, think about all the things we're excited about. You know, the, the team won yesterday. Ah! You know, my stock went up. Yeah! That hadn't happened recently, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I can remember when my children were born. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to tell people. My first child was born. I was running back and forth from labor and delivery into the lobby. Well, she's getting close. Well, the baby's here, you know? Lynn says that with our second child, I literally, in the delivery room, jumped up and down and shouted, It's a boy! It's a boy! It's a boy! <laughs> with the third child, I was really excited. I dialed my, my account and I said, Another tax deduction! <laughs> you know, I mean, when we're excited, why don't we share the excitement of our faith in Jesus Christ? The prophet Isaiah is just so excited. He, he knows what God has done in the past. God has made it clear to him what God is about to do in the present and the future. And he can't wait to tell these people about it. This is, this is a little ragtag group of folks who've been captive over in Babylon now for 70 years. They had given up hope of ever going back home again. And the prophet, through the prophet, God says to them, you're not only going to go back home, but I'm going to use you, you little group of people that don't think you're worth anything, I'm going to use you to rebuild the nation. And through you, all people in this world are going to find out who I am. This little bitty group of people. And, and, and it's not just that they're going to go back and they're going to rebuild the temple and they're going to rebuild Jerusalem and they're going to rebuild the nation. It's that all of these people who haven't heard the good news about God are going to start coming in. They're all going to come in. And so the prophet is, is singing in the passage that Mark read about how things are going to grow for them. Listen. Sing, oh Barren woman. That's, that's the woman who hasn't been able to have a child. Now you're going to have a child. You're, you're going to have more children. Let's see. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has no husband. Growth. He says, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess the nations and settle in their desolate cities. All kinds of people are going to come in. I think that is such an important message for us to hear. I mean, the, the folks that, that Isaiah was talking to were a group that was dispirited. 
And sometimes when I look around at the church in America today, boy, I see the exact same thing. There's a huge article in the newspaper in Chattanooga this week, and it was all about how six out of ten people now aren't going to church. And fewer fewer people are attending and participating. You know, it didn't used to be that way, but it is now. Since the pandemic, it's been like that. And I've told you, as working with our presbytery, it's, it's astonishing to me how many are, of our churches are declining and declining. And there's even one church that's got just four people. Now, that's certainly not our situation. It is not, and I'm so thankful for that. But I, we have to be kind of realistic and honest about it. I mean, look around at the folks who are here today. Look at me. We all look pretty much the same, right? If nothing changes, if nothing changes, this church is going to decline as well. I'm speaking truth. But, but, hear the word of the Lord. Sing, O barren woman, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of those who have a husband. There is a promise in God that those who are following the Lord will have a time of renewal, will have a time of restoring the nation, will have a time of growth again. And we've seen it. We've seen it in this church before. There is, I believe, a time of renewal coming that God is to bring about in this nation a renewing of the church in America and I believe that you and I are to be a part of that. That God is calling us to be a part of that. But we've got to get prepared. I mean, that's what the prophet says here. He's proclaiming this good news. But he says, you've got a job to do. You've got to get prepared. Verse 2, he says, enlarge the place of your tent Stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess the nations. They will settle in desolate cities. He's saying you've got to do some things to get prepared. Now the image, you all, you've got to get this. The image is that, that of a, um, a nomadic tribe wandering through the desert, and they suddenly realize they're going to have a growing family. And so what do you do when you got a growing family? You got to, you know, build some, add some rooms onto the house, right? You got to build a bigger house. You got to have more rooms. So that's what this is about. They're uh, enlarging the tent. So they're adding some skins, animal skins on top of the tent. You got to lengthen the cords. You, you have to have ropes to hold the skins up. And then you've got to strengthen the stakes. You've got to dig the stakes deeper into the ground or you got to put up new ones. But all of this, these are images about what it takes to accommodate the larger family. And the prophet is suggesting, when you all go back to Jerusalem, he's saying, when you go back to, to Israel, I'm going to bring all kinds of people. Your church community is going to grow. But you've got to get prepared. I believe that same thing is true for you and me. So, how does God want us to prepare? I would suggest first thing, God wants us to strengthen the stakes. That means God wants us to strengthen the church. 
to do what it takes to grow strong and deep spiritually. And how do we do that? I mean, for me, the single best thing we can do is that we've got to read Bible, we've got to pray, and we've got to do those kinds of things <coughs> together. Together. Um, I, I remember the first church I served, they had this Sunday school assembly before everybody went to their classes. And every single week, they asked the question, how many of you read your Bible this week? And people would raise their hands. And that's a great thing. That's an important thing. It's important for us individually to have a time of Bible reading and prayer. But the power comes when we do it together, when we have some smaller gathering. I mean, that's, that's why Sunday school is so important. That's why small group events are so important. Um, <laughs> I heard this, and you've probably heard it too, this, this silly story about pastors that uh, were together at a conference. And... Uh, the pastor, one pastor was saying to his friends, he said, you know, we're always asking our people to meet in groups and small groups. And, and he says, maybe, you know, maybe we ought to have a group and, and, you know, just be honest with one another and acknowledge our needs and pray for one another. And, and so they did. And they decided they needed to start by acknowledging, first of all, their, their failings, their sins. So uh, the first pastor said, okay, well, I'll go first. He said, you know, when I go away at a conference like this, my secret temptation is... I just want to gamble. He said, and I saw that there was a casino down the road. I can't wait to go down there. You know, that's, that was his sin. Well, everybody kind of went, okay, we understand. You're forgiven. Um, then the second pastor spoke up. He said, well, you know, when I go away to a conference like this, you know, I, I, I kind of want to go to a bar. and I want to have something to drink and party a little bit. I noticed there was a bar down the road. Everybody kind of went, yeah, yeah we understand. Um, the third guy was just sitting there. He didn't say anything. They said, come on, man. Come on. We've we bared our souls. You know, you, you come on. Share with us. Share with us. And finally, they convinced him to say, and he said, well, you know, my, my problem is I, I like to gossip. And, and, you know, I cannot wait to get out of here and tell everybody what I've heard you all say. <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes we hold back from smaller settings because we fear the sort of intimacy. We fear the kind of honesty that can happen in smaller gatherings. But look, where there is honesty, where there is confidentiality, where there's trust in one another, what that being together does is it builds our faith. It strengthens us because we discover, hey, we're not the only person who struggles with this. Somebody else struggles too. We're not the only one that has doubts about this. We have doubts about it too. And it has the impact of building faith. Paul, talking to the Roman Christians, says, I can't wait to come see you. Why? He says, because we're going to mutually encourage one another. There'll be a mutual encouragement of faith. That's what happens when Christians come together. So here's my challenge. Sunday school, after church, right over there. Ladies, Bonnie Watts was here last week from First Church over in Tullahoma. Invited you all to come to Bible study with them. What if some of us went? I know you have in the past. What if some of us went? We need that. We need that nurture and encouragement. Guys, oh my gosh, we need a guys group. Where are our men's groups? Uh, 
One church I served, you know, men, the men met together in a, a shop behind somebody's house. Not the group. We met in a restaurant. We met in a bar one time. We met at a bank. The best place we ever met was in a, um, a women's hair salon. <laughs> one of the guys, guys was married to a, a woman who owned this hair salon. We met at 6 a.m. in the morning. We had our Bible study there. It's the only Bible study I've ever been to where we could study the Bible and get a perm all at the same time. <laughs> We need something like that. We need a time where men can be together to pray and read scripture together. And that's, that's part of what strengthens the church. There's another thing, though, and that is we, we've got to practice inviting. We've got to practice inviting. How, how do we think people come? People come because we invite. I read a statistic that said 80% of people come to church for the very first time because somebody invites them. And I don't, I don't know whether that's true. I read it a long time ago. So i going to ask for a, a, just a raising of your hands just so we can kind of see. So how many of you have come to this church for the very first time because your family was already coming here? Raise your hand. Okay, so that's several people. That's several people. Okay, but there are a lot of other persons. So let's see, how many of us came to church because... We have to drive by and see the church or because we saw an advertisement or we saw something on Facebook or social media. How many of us came that way? Raise your hand. Okay, Madeline. Very good. Okay. How many of us came because somebody invited us? A family person, a neighbor, a friend, somebody? There? Raise your hand. How many of us came that way? Okay. So several people. How, others of you, how did you come? Why did you come? Those who didn't raise your hand. Okay, well, why? And did somebody invite you? And then somebody came. I think she invited Invited you. Okay, okay. Yeah, see, I mean, see that? That's that's one of the ways. Yes, Phil, how did you come? Uh, Bonnie was from the Presbyterian Church for a lifelong, and when she came here, this is where she decided to come. We went to several different Presbyterian churches around here. Okay, so you were looking for Presbyterian churches, and you decided to come here. Okay. All right. But, but... Uh, <coughs> Okay, so you you had experience with the pastor in another place, and in some sense that pastor was functioning as an advertisement for the for the church and made you want to come here. Okay, all right. Well, you all get the point. The the way folks come is is they have to find out about us. How do they find out about us? Primarily because we talk about the fact that we're involved in church, or that we talk about our faith, and the faith makes a difference to us. And then we say, hey. Come along with us. So here's my challenge. Think right now, just while we're sitting here, think right now the names of two people you know who are not involved in church in any significant <coughs> or meaningful way. Somebody who's a relative, somebody who's a friend, somebody who's a neighbor, somebody co-worker. I want to challenge you to think about inviting that person We've got All Saints Day coming up, November 5th. We've got, we're going to do a little Veterans 
uh, kind of encouragement the next Sunday. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got a, a service of healing and wholeness. We've got Advent and Christmas service. Great time to invite people. So I want to challenge you. That's how we get prepared. Then the last thing, expect that God is going to use us, you all. To do great things. That's, that's what the prophet was about here. He was trying to say to this little bitty group of people who were faithful over in Babylon, you, you don't think you've got any power. You don't think you can make a difference. But look, God is going to use you for greater things than you have ever asked or imagined. So let me tell you a story. Albert uh, Macon. 24 years old, fired up about his faith, wanted all his friends to know about Jesus. And so he would go around with his truck, he would pick up his friends, and, and they would go to a meeting. Now this, a long time ago, so this would have been like a tent meeting, what we might have called a revival. And he got his buddies to go. There was this one buddy, though, he could not get to come. And he was, he was the one he wanted to get more than anybody. This, he was a handsome young man, he was... Uh, charismatic kind of folk, personality. People just loved him. Uh, but he was more interested in girls and having a good time and all that and wasn't interested at all in Jesus. But there's one thing he did like, and he did like driving cars. And he didn't have a car, but Albert did. So Albert invited him to drive his truck and let him go around and pick up everybody. And so they did. They ended up at this meeting. At this meeting, he heard about Jesus Christ Obviously, there was something he was yearning for in his life, for a bigger purpose, for God's purpose for his life, and he came to faith. That was in 1934, and that person was Billy Graham. Now think about it. In his lifetime, like him or not, some don't like him, but like him a lot, tens of millions of people had a chance to hear the news about Jesus Christ. Millions. Now, very few of us are going to be Billy Graham's. And some of us don't want to be Billy Graham's. But every single person here can be an Albert McMahon. Every one of us can by our lives, by our words, by our invitations. So come and see. Find out who Jesus Christ is. I really, I really believe that we're in a time where God is renewing the church in America today, and particularly the smaller congregations. That God has a purpose and a plan for us to be a part of something bigger than we've ever imagined. To be a part of the renewing of the church in America today so that those who haven't had a chance to hear good news, for the younger generation who doesn't know, maybe as well as, as other generations, the message about Jesus. I believe God wants to use us now, but we've got to be prepared. We've got to build up the church. We've got to be willing to invite. And we've got to expect that God's going to use us in ways we've never imagined. So let's, let's close this morning by reading again that verse that we started with. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus 
throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to join with me now.